Praveen's family stayed with Robinson when court was adjourned from 4 p.m. onwards, waiting for the jury to reach a verdict. They were in the very same office where they had initially met David Robinson for the first time. Then, at almost 11 p.m. at night, a police guard came in and told Robinson that it was time to head back to court. The jury deliberated for seven hours and had finally reached a verdict. They specifically had him dressed in a big shirt. He'd hold his mom's hand, his girlfriend's hand, walking into court. The jury came in and then the judge said, you have a verdict? And he said, yes. And he took it and he read it. Even before that, he said, I, I want complete silence in the court. And if you uh, if you have any issues, if you can't handle it, you need to leave and all that. You know. So anyway, he read it and he said, guilty. You're listening to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. During the trial, Gage had completely changed his appearance. He had lost a significant amount of weight and was unrecognizable from the guy seen in the surveillance videos the night of Praveen's murder. At trial, Gage looked like a frail little child. When he beat Praveen's ass, he was like 40 pounds heavier and was mean. They specifically had him dressed in a big shirt. He'd hold his mom's hand, his girlfriend's hand, walking into court. And then there was the matter of Gage's tweets. He posted a series of crass, racist, and violent tweets the year leading up to murdering Praveen. He was using the N-word and literally boasting about hurting or attacking people. It's uncanny to read them, actually, knowing that he did exactly that to Praveen a year later. The judge didn't allow these tweets to be mentioned in court. And also, I have to tell you, the judge did not allow Gage's tweets. They were from eight months prior, but they still are on the internet right now. Busting niggas in the head. Easy licks are the best. This is yet another sign of how unfair the treatment was of the two sides. In a case where the defense was permitted to talk about Praveen's school project on anti-terrorism and were allowed to use that to try and falsely accuse him of working with ISIS. The prosecutors weren't allowed to submit Gage's own words that he put out in public that showed his M.O. and his racist point of views. Even though racism and violence were directly related to why he attacked Praveen that night. Lovely shared with us that while they were waiting for the verdict, Robinson was nervous, and rightfully so. So much hung in the balance for those seven hours. The jury came in and then the judge said, you have a verdict? And he said, yes. And he took it and he read it. Even before that, he said, I, I want complete silence in the court. And if you, uh, if you have any issues, if you can't handle it, you need to leave and all that. You know? So anyway, he read it and he said, guilty. I was like, oh my God. And then, Priya goes, mommy, did, did he really say guilty? You know, because it's, it's, you, you want to believe, but you don't know what, whether you heard it right. And I look at Gage and there is, he doesn't have any emotion. So he probably didn't even hear it. And then the second one, he, the 
guilty on aggravated battery, not guilty on robbery. And then I see Gage turn to Websick and I think he told him what it was. And then I see Gage going like this and he's putting his head onto the, and there was, everybody was crying, our side, their side. And then the judge said we should leave the room. The jury convicted Gage on one count of first-degree murder, but found him not guilty of robbery. Gage was facing 20 to 60 years in prison. He had gotten the conviction he deserved and would finally have to face the consequences of his actions for murdering Praveen. Justice had been served, many years late, but at least there was some semblance of justice. Nothing would bring Praveen back, but his family and their friends, community, and Monica were able to be a voice for Praveen. And at this point, that was all that mattered. Monica was scared. She left the courtroom immediately and went home. And rightfully so. Don Bethune had exuded violent tendencies toward Lovely and Monica in the past. One day after court had let out, Don revved his truck engine and drove around them in a threatening way, as if he was going to hit them with his vehicle. Especially because of the guilty verdict, we don't know how Gage's side of the family was going to respond and they all knew where she lives. Even when we were in court two days before the trial, we were walking into the parking lot. Gage's dad came in his truck and he just went went just near us like, you know, two times around us. And we told Robinson that. And from then we had the police escort us back and forth into the car. So we don't know what they were going to do. You know, I mean, I was scared for Monica too. Like she lives there, a a town over, you know, and she, they all know where she lives. What if something happens? I was so, so, so scared for her all the time. After the guilty verdict, Praveen's family had police escort them out. We had the police take us down. When we came down, the medias all were there, Dateline and the Carbondale. Uh, medias, everybody was there and they wanted to speak to me. I said, no, I don't want to talk to anybody now. I, we left and we le- we went to the hotel and Monica took off. She was so scared, you know, and then uh, after we got to the hotel uh, in a little bit, I, I said, Monica's husband was at work and I said, Monica, are you scared? Do you want us to come by? And she said, yes. So we went, my husband and I went to her. On the way, Robinson called um, and he said, uh, you actually missed the show in here. Gage was throwing up. See, they all were in the bar, you know, and he threw up and the police was getting the big garbage can and he was throwing up. His grandpa fainted. His mom fainted. They were t- the ambulance came. They were taken to the hospital and all that. And he said, do you remember the day the police came and told you they found Praveen? I said, yes. And he said, there was a little bit of that portion in the courtroom today. Gage's mom and grandfather passed out in the courtroom when they heard the verdict and were taken to the hospital. Don Bethune said he was 100% certain that Gage would be exonerated and that the verdict came as a complete shock to the family. 
Gage's family insisted that Gage was an emotional and loving person. Don was quoted as saying, without question, social media buried my son alive. And Gage's mom, Penny said, he was found guilty before he ever went to trial. After that verdict was read, I felt extremely guilty for not speaking up sooner because maybe I could have saved him. It was clear that they took no accountability for their son's horrific actions that led to a young man losing his life and a family left broken forever. We asked Lovely how Praveen's friend Anita handled everything since she was the last one to ever speak to Praveen. She just got married actually. We, we went for her wedding. When was her wedding? The, the, fourth, the last month. So my husband and I went to her wedding. She was at the trial too. She was a witness. You know, all the kids still have Praveen's picture as her profile picture, but they all, I think none, she did not talk to any of the medias. You know how the Indian girls are, especially with the parents, you know. Her parents were so scared that when she got the subpoena for the trial and her dad called me and she, he's like, oh, is, is it okay? And uh, I said, you cannot deny the subpoena. It's a, it's a court order. I mean, she, she testified at the grand jury also, you know, with Robinson. And I told Anita, you know, just reassure your parents. They were so scared. So now, especially as a new bride, uh, I don't think she would want to put her face anywhere. But she, I, I, yeah, I mean, she's my Facebook friend. I see her at church. She always comes and gives me a hug. You know, we still keep in touch with all of Praveen's friends. They are very close. They come and see us. Did Anita ever talk to you about how she felt about being the last person Praveen called and about hanging up on that phone call? She, I did not ask her that because I, I know how she was the day they found Praveen. She was literally on the floor, rolling, screaming, crying. She thought if she stayed on the phone, Praveen would be here today. She blamed herself for that for the longest time. And uh, I think she talked to many of her friends like that. And she did tell Priya that, but Priya said, no, it's not your fault. You know, yeah, she, she felt guilty. She felt guilty. Ashley felt guilty for so long. Because uh, when we dropped them off, we told them to watch out for each other. And Ashley had such guilty feeling for the longest time. I think even now he probably has a little bit, but I, I told him, you know, no. Um, so the day of the verdict was a relief for all of them, more than me, I think. You know, that uh, the person was uh, held accountable. Yeah, so we, we keep in touch with all of them. The next step now was for the sentencing date to be set. But the heartache that Gage and the entire system had put Praveen's family through was unfortunately far from over. Websick continued to file post-trial motions, so Praveen's family had to continue going to court. The next day I started to talk to the media because everybody was 
calling us and Dateline stayed in for an interview. Gage was taken in right away into jail. So we came home and then we we had to go back again for more post-trial because Webse kept on filing a post-trial motion to dismiss. Everything was denied by the judge. And things got even stranger after that. From jury harassment to all kinds of dirty tactics to sway the case, the defense clearly had a win-at-all-cost mentality. In August, the sentencing was set, but then Gage fired Levepsik. He said he did not have enough representation or something like that. So Gage was still at jail in jail at that time. So during that time, a juror harassment, jury foreman harassment. Uh, there was a private investigator that Gage used. He, uh, along with that assistant that Webseek used, went to the jury foreman's house. She was a 21-year-old girl with a visible gun. He did not take out the gun, but she could, he, she could see the gun. And that girl called the court and the court contacted Robinson. So Robinson talked to her and she said Gage's dad sent her a Facebook message with some kind of threatening message. And Gage himself did from the court, from the jail. So Robinson filed a motion. The judge did not do anything. They're just like, what do you want me to do? You know, and he said, I want you to do your job. Nothing happened. While Gage was in jail awaiting sentencing, his criminal behaviors didn't change. He was guiding his family members on where to locate drugs inside his home. And he was even selling drugs while behind bars. I'm sure he was on drugs because he wasn't getting drug tested. They don't care. He was selling drugs from jail, having his girlfriend move drugs around, guns. And the judge was like, I don't know what that means. They were saying firewood. We're like, get in the DEA handbook. Like for everybody else in jail, that's why they're in jail because they're code terms. He didn't care. Then the Carbondale police started to monitor his phone calls. That's when they got all those calls that he made to his girlfriend, his brother, his friend about the drug, where it is in his house, how much to sell it for. He has all those names, you know, the the names that they use for each drug. He had, they had him on audio on all that. And Robinson brought it to court again. And then the judge said, I'm not even sure whether they are the uh, actual uh, names that, you know, he used. I mean, this judge is from Southern Illinois. Of course, he is going to know the names of the, the drugs and, you know, all these people that sell them in the black talks about. So nothing happened. But Robinson thought maybe he will use that in the sentencing. He, he will get few more years in the sentencing. And then Gage was calling his girlfriend, all smiling. Uh, and then I think one of his friends or somebody took a screenshot of that and they posted it 
on Facebook that he's so happy. In August, he fires Websick and then the judge, he wanted to postpone and then the judge said, uh, you need to find a lawyer. Lovely spoke with news networks after the guilty verdict was handed down. This is what she had to say at the time. I was completely peaceful. I did not cry. I was not nervous. Nothing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. A lot of times that I told him I just want to end this and go and bury myself somewhere. Because I just could not take it anymore. And I didn't know where I was going. But then... Again, I hear a little voice from inside of mommy that kept me going. I, I did not know I had the strength in me. Trust me, I did not. But it took this tragedy, but here we are. Gage at, on the stand saying, I hit him. I wanted to hear that. I think that meant to me more than the verdict. When talking about Praveen, you can hear the love she will always have for her son. He's a son, a brother, a grandson to so many people here, I know that. So uh, that's what I want people to remember him as, an energetic boy who loved life, who loved his family, who loved God. That's how I want to remember him. I am so thankful that we got this for him so he can rest in peace and we can live with these beautiful memories. Now, the next step was to see how many years the judge would sentence Gage to. He was facing 20 to 60 years in prison on the first-degree murder charge. Next week, you will hear about the sentencing hearing and how this case finally ended. If you're interested in this story and you want to know more about the case, you can check out our social media pages. We will be sharing videos of the police interviews, photos, and documents from the case. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Please help us share Praveen's story. Praveen's story.